What's up, Marvelites, and welcome to an all-new episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. This is episode 23. Yay! Woo! My name is Aaron. I'll be your host for this episode. Alongside me is Charles. What's up? And Joe. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? And uh, shout out to our listeners over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and of course, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yay! And uh, please do like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash the MCU Exchange. You can also follow us on Twitter for more discussions about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's twitter.com slash MCU Exchange. Let's get right to it. To Wow, we have a plethora of news about the MCU in the past week. First up, well, technically not about the MCU. First, The first news here is about a f- free San Diego Comic Con. Woo! Woo! It's free worldwide. And uh, it's been announced officially by uh, Comic-Con International that uh, it will be held on July 22 to 26, and it will be free for everyone. There will be a live stream, I think. It's going to be a li- live stream mm-hmm. through uh, several platforms. And um, they're promising panels and presentations about comics, gaming, television, film, and a wide variety of topics from publishers, studios, and more. Charles, do you think that Marvel Studios will be participating in this event i mean i hope so because it's kind of it's kind of boring without all those all those crazy big news and we know that dc is doing their own thing um on august so i guess you can rule out all the dc stuff so this is definitely going to be a big superhero comic book void if marvel doesn't do anything so i hope that dc's absence compels marvel to at least give us maybe like an eternal trailer or maybe uh Concrete Falcon and WandaVision release date. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe a concept art or something. Yeah. Some some footage, like a rundown of the Infinity Saga. I don't know. Maybe just, just we need Marvel content. Joe, how about you? Do you <laughs> think, uh, what do you think will Marvel Studios, if they decide to participate, what do you think they will show in this San Diego Comic Con free for everyone? Uh, you know, I, I kind of expect nothing. There, the thing is, is that with everything delayed, there's not much they can show. Uh, I could imagine them like teasing those uh, series and and shows, like just showcasing some uh, artwork for the Disney Plus shows, while kind of finally releasing the release, uh, uh, releasing the release date uh, for their for WandaVision and Falcon. The thing is, is I'm curious if they're going to show a clip from Black Widow because they technically already showed quite a bit because you know right yeah. before the delay finally happened, they had the final trailer out. Maybe they'll just be like, okay, here again is the trailer, or just here's an extra little tidbit out of uh, context to help a little. And I would hopefully, I hope to see something from Eternals, definitely. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's, you know, even with the delay, it technically w- would have been ready for a quasi-November release, so maybe we get like a really short teaser trailer. But I don't expect something major or massive this year, because just with the delays, there's what what can they really show? But if they announce shows that have been rumored, that would be, I think, like the the ultimate deal breaker to be like, okay, we got some big stuff. Yeah, and you know, many many insiders from social media have been asking, have been telling everyone that you know keep expectations low because you know they're they're, they're yeah. going to not be a, a huge reveals in that San Diego Comic Con. But the important thing is, it's for free. And anyway, like me, it's my first time attending San Diego Comic Con, virtually. <laughs> well, next up. Um, we have a news for another Disney Plus series under the MC umbrella. We have a Hawkeye news. And the working title for the show has been revealed by Charles Murphy from Murphy's Multiverse. He said that the working title is 
anchor point. However, Murphy still doesn't know when they will begin filming. Uh, Charles, for a casual comic fan like me, you know, I have not really inclined with comics. What can you say about the anchor, anchor point title? Does it relate to a storyline in the comics? Well, it actually does relate to um, a trade paperback of uh, one of the later Hawkeye comics. It's titled Anchor Point. I actually haven't read that. I have yet to get to that. Yeah. But as far as I know, Anchor Point does, is, is an archery term about... It, it's, it's, it pertains to the location on, of where you... How far you pull the string with regards to your face. Something like that. Basically, where your hand lands in your face. That's how far. That's basically where your the anchor point is of the string, where you pull it, so you can get a consistent, and also you can get consistent force when you when you the bow go. So, as far mm. as far as connecting to an actual story, I'm not quite sure. But the fact that um this this show has a working title in the first place means it's ready to go, and you know we should probably hear some more news in the hopefully in the coming months. Mm. Joe, how about you? I mean, um. How are you excited on exploring the dynamic between Kate Bishop and Clint? Uh, I won't deny that I'm a bit more excited to just explore a bit more about um, Hawkeye himself because he kind of was, while we have the family dynamic, like the whole Ronin thing was a really cool concept that did get rushed through a bit in Endgame. And we still don't know, like, what is the history behind him? What What is that makes Hawkeye Hawkeye besides he's the family man? <laughs> He's the anchor point of the of the entire crew, but uh, I I do find it interesting that we're going the Kate Bishop route, you know, especially when Endgame was kind of teasing the whole. He has a daughter who he's teaching how to use the bow, so I, I'm I'm kind of unsure how they're going to intermingle this with the family elements, because I I remember I think they said they're going to take a lot of inspiration from the Mad Fraction version, which opens up a whole new can of worms. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I'm really curious what they're going to do, if they're going to reset his character to some degree, or if the family is even involved at all. And, and that, I think that's an, a really interesting thing to do, to kind of take him out of his element for once. Yeah, it's really interesting to explore. Finally, the backstory of Clint Barton as Hawkeye, and no, as, yeah. maybe as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent as well. And uh, Charles, I have a question before we move on. Do you think that this will be the last appearance of Hawkeye in the MCU, or do you think that there will be more recurring roles for the Archer in the near future? Uh, I don't know, because on one hand, you you have perfect replacement for Clint, uh, which yeah. Kate Bishop, and if you follow Clint's story uh, closely, you could kind of tell that he's been wanting to get out of the game for mm. for so long. Since, since Civil War, he's been sort of sitting on the fences, and mm. he's He's basically not as game as to go to crazy ass missions as he was before because he has a family, and especially now that um, now that his family basically died and came back, Clint has his second chance with his family, as as Tony refers to it. So, you know, I think there's going to be a reason why Clint has a as a, an apprentice in this show, and I think a big part of his arc is sort of wrestling with the fact that okay. I think it's time for someone else to take over. But, you know, it's, mm. it's all going to depend on what happens in the show. Maybe something happens that, again, forces Clint back into this crazy world of superheroes. Maybe he's forced to 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 stand up with, with Kate and fight a, a bad guy. So we don't exactly know. But as far as introducing Kate, yeah, there's a reason for that. And I think 
at least at some point, Kate is going to be the Hawkeye of the MCU. It's going to be fun to explore. And we've shown, uh, the MCU showed, shown a glimpse of, you know, Clint mentoring other characters in, in the Infinity Saga. We saw him with Wanda. We saw him with yeah. even his daughter in, in Endgame. And, yeah. and right now in the Hawkeye Disney Plus series, also we will, it will be a full-blown mentoring Disney Plus show for Hawkeye. I wonder if he's mentoring someone so he can finally get out of it and she's just not as talented as he wants to be. <laughs> so yeah. he just kind of gets stuck into it anyway. Yeah, I know. and uh, I'm really excited to see how huge Kate Bishop is moving forward in the future of the MCU. It's really an interesting character when I was reading about her through the different Google search in the past few days. Yeah. All right. Moving on, we have another Disney Plus series news here for The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, supposed to premiere in August. Not sure if it's going to premiere in August, but well, <laughs> here's another news about the production state of that series. MCU Cosmics Jeremy Conrad has, has detailed that Anthony, that Anthony Mac- Mackie, one of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier's title stars, told Tonight Show host Jimmy Fallon that there's very little stuff to do in terms of wrapping the show up. He said, and I quote, I'm happy to say we're not canceled. We are on hold. We're going back hopefully sometime soon and finish it up. We have very little stuff to do. I'm very happy with it. We have a little more to go back to do. But everybody rest assured, it will come out. We're not canceled. Joe, I'm pretty sure that Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be delayed. Slightly delayed. Mm -hmm. When do you think that it will be released? Do you think it's before Black Widow or after Black Widow? Um, That's a good question. Uh... I think to some degree, because the original plan was it for to be after Black Widow anyway, and who knows if maybe some seeds are planted in the Black Widow film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could see them potentially postponing it to the original date for WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, and WandaVision gets to, uh, becomes the 2021 release, because right now, even if he says there's not much to do, uh, we don't know when they can do that. Uh, yes, they have officially announced that they're allowed to film again, by the different countries, especially here in Europe, the rules are being a little regulated less. So, you know, they could technically catch up where they were, but they still need to get the crew together. They still need to get the crew overseas. Overseas flights are still heavily regulated. So yeah. I'd say if they're the smarter move would be to say better late than never, uh, because you don't want anything to happen. You don't want any risks. And as much as it's heartbreaking that how much we, we have delayed this year, I, I think it's more realistic to say it'll have WandaVision's original re- release date. December. December. Yeah. The month of December. Yeah. Charles, how about you? Uh, well, the, the thing is with, with, with Mackie's comment is that from what I heard behind the scenes, they, they, they still have to finish like three episodes at least. Like three of the first episodes are like 70% finished. But so you, for each episode, you got 30% of stuff you need to finish. So I'm not sure what... What Mackie when he what Mackie means when he's saying we've got a little stuff left to finish because it's it's kind of a lot. It's gonna take them at least a month to finish the entire thing. So it's not just like two week, one week reshoot. So he's um, mm-hmm. probably done it just to keep the fans hopeful. He, I'm sure he doesn't want to say that. Oh shit, we're yeah, we're not even halfway done. I'm sure he's not gonna say that. But as far as the release date goes, uh, yeah, I think at this point there's no way there's no way you know it's gonna hit the August date. Um, like Joe said, Black Widow was probably intended to be first, but now that that's all jumbled. 
you know, now that Black Widow is coming out on November, yeah. it makes sense for um, Falcon and Winter Soldier to come out after that. So, like Joe said, it could be it could take the um, original WandaVision release date, and maybe WandaVision gets a September or October release date because, from what I know, that has finished and they just have to reshoot some stuff. But for the most mm-hmm. part, that's ready to go out. So maybe that could happen. I'm I'm hoping that's the way that's the way things go because the idea of WandaVision being the first Phase Four property seems like a fucking fun prospect to me. Mm. Yeah, that show is crazy bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the case, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier will be worth the wait for MCU fans, and when that show releases. There's going to be a lot of speculations, a lot of news about it. So, I'm excited. Oh, definitely. Yep. And uh, moving on to another news here. Let's go to the movie side of the MCU. And Spider-Man 3 may resume production later this fall, according to Charles Murphy. In a feature article from Murphy's Multiverse, Murphy shared that he recently heard rumblings about the production of Spider-Man 3 aiming for a late September to early October start date. Murphy also mentions that the production for Spider-Man 3 may have to begin before Holland is on set due to the actor's commitment to the Uncharted film. So it actually makes sense that it aimed for a late September to early October start date because, you know, Mur- Charles Murphy also reported way back that Marvel Studios is targeting a September start date for the rest of their properties. And uh, Charles, what can you say about this news? Do you think that it's going to happen or do you think that there are going to be further mer- more delays for the production of this movie? Because, you know, it's going to release on 2021, November 2021. So they have a lot of time left. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to depend on how smooth Uncharted goes. I'm honestly just surprised how Uncharted got the July date. After everything that's been going on, I'm surprised they managed to book that uh, th- that date because it's so fucking close. And, you know, since it's, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's Uncharted, maybe they get to shoot elsewhere where it's not as dense or populated. They need to shoot a lot outdoors, so... It's not as bad as filming indoors with 100 people, 100 crew members staying so close to each other. So they have that advantage. Again, like with everything here going on with the COVID stuff, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes. It could be delayed. Um, if it does get delayed, if let's say the September date doesn't um, meet the deadline, then it's going to be a lot trickier for them to, to, to nail down shooting date, especially considering the 2021 release date. And uh, Joe, what do you think about that rumor that you know Tom Holland may not be present on set when Spider-Man Three begins production due to his commitment to, to the Uncharted movie, and uh, maybe they're going to film scenes, the other scenes without him? You know, that, that I think that's a project, right? I, I mean, it's it's to some degree it's not unheard of because I think Mandalorian had a similar issue uh, where Pedro Pascal wasn't able to be on set for some of the shots, so they always had a double. I mean, the advantage was for him that the Mandalorian always has a helmet on. So a similar thing is is what they're probably going to do here is that they're going to focus on action sequences that were already mapped out uh, where they technically need the stuntment more than the actual actor and then they can shoot the sequences where he takes the mask off, etc. on a later date. It's ironic to think that you'd think the Uncharted film that's been delayed indefinitely so many times is is the one to push Spider-Man back. Uh, it's, It's kind of ironic. But, you know, I, I don't... I feel bad for a lot of the uh, production companies or a lot of the actors because every single production is going to kind of cross over at some point as we move forward, especially people that have signed deals very early on before all COVID happened. So it's, it's, 
I'm gonna I'm very curious how they're gonna handle it. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of uh, ideas would be to move towards a similar production style that the Mandalorian has through the um, usage of Unreal Engine, uh, where they have those the effects where it's pretty much everything's in the background, but you can have actors still play out scenes. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a lot more films use that technology to have smaller project- production teams to avoid these issues. Uh, it's going to be a lot to take in. There are several guidelines that have been released about you know movie and TV show production, and uh, they're mm. The film crew and the cast will be, will be hard, hard will be hard enough to adjust to that because it's the new normal when it comes to filming, and it's gonna take a while before they adjust to it. Moving on to the next news, again to the movie side of the MCU, we have another rumor here about a brand new character joining the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's been rumored from insider Jeremy Conrad from MCU Cosmic that despite Star Star Fox having been potentially removed from the Eternals at some point, whether it was before or production, Marvel Studios still has interest in including the character in the MCU. However, it is unknown where else Star Fox would appear in the MCU. Just so you know, Star Fox is is Thanos' brother in the comics. Am I right, Charles? What can you say more about uh, Star Fox, you know, about his potential in joining the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe? Well, it is more interesting for me the fact that he slapped Thanos' brother and that he grew up with Thanos. So mm. thinking of that dynamic alone, what that was like, what Thanos thinks of him, what he thinks of Thanos is very, very enticing. It's also very interesting to think about where the fuck is Star Fox during Infinity yeah. um, War and Endgame? Did Thanos murder his family? Because um, from as far as I know, Thanos never killed Star Fox, but I could be wrong. Correct me on that comment section. But uh, Starfox has been sort of a thorn on Thanos' side for the longest time. They've been Starfox was a big part of the Infinity Gauntlet story in the comics and whatnot. So you know, I can't speak much to how he's how as a character he's going to contribute to the actual story of like the Eternals. But man, just having a relative of Thanos out there and be part of the main story is super super interesting to me. When do you think that he will be? He will show up. When do you think uh, Captain Marvel two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Eternals sequel? When do you think that he will show up in an MCU? Well, for sure, it's, it has to be a cosmic property, be it the Eternals mm. or maybe Guardians. Guardians three seems like a very interesting prospect because you know these guys fucking killed Thanos and now they're gonna meet his brother. <laughs> it's gonna be a very interesting exchange Oops. with Rocket and whatnot. It's gonna be something I'm sure that's gonna be super super funny. And weird. So, fingers crossed that Guardians is his, I guess, closest appearance. How about you, Joe? Which property do you think Star Fox will appear? And also, do you think that Gamora knows Star Fox some, somewhat, in some way? That, that's the interesting thing about this, is that we know, yes, Thanos is a very well-known character, but we know so little about his history outside of what he tells us uh, on his home planet. And so, I wonder if he... T- talked about him we don't know what relationship they had in this universe i mean with especially gamora uh i think i remember in the dark guardians uh storyline was where gamora was i think they were trying to stop thanos from being resurrected uh and star fox was involved with that so i i think it's an interesting thing to have these family members not family members kind of meet each other 
Uh, I think Guardians, I agree with Charles there. Guardians of Galaxy 3 is the best point point to pretty much introduce him if you don't go for an internal sequel. Uh, because you can have on one point Gamora sharing what he was. Maybe Star Fox ran away, has been in the galaxy, and after everything that happened on their home planet, and then just kind of hears how what happened to Thanos and tries to find out how was he truly, how was his brother. I don't know what kind of direction they would go. But it would be funny, or it would be interesting just to see these two people exchange their experiences on the same man and just maybe... Exp- I, I, I think there's a lot of potential to explore Thanos' own history. I mean, I, I read the comic about Thanos, which was very well done with, you know, how he was born and, and he looking different and how he grew up with Star Fox. And I think there's a lot of potential there. Plus, you know, with Guardians, you can have the whole joke of Star Fox introducing him and then uh, Peter showing up saying, Star Lord. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. Oh, that exchange will be wow. <laughs> I think Star Fox is a womanizer too, so you you never know. <laughs> That's gonna be with Gamora again. He's looking for Gamora, trying to find her, and then the Star Fox guy shows up and makes it even more difficult. Yeah, and you know, we're talking about Gamora. I, I totally forgot about Nebula. You know, about that. Mm. Her knowing that about Star Fox. That would be interesting. Nebula that has no emotions whatsoever. Meeting Star Fox, who is a chick magnet. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be one hell of an interaction. All right. Um, Well, that's about wrap it up for all the news here for the MCU in the past week. Now, let's move on to another segment of the show where we talk about the latest episode of. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Episode 3, Alien Commies from the Future. This has been an exciting episode. You agree with me, Joe? This is an exciting episode, Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, uh, this is the first episode, first episode of Daniel Sousa in the MCU. I mean, in the Agents of mm. S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7. Uh, we see him returning. and uh, First appearance since the show was canceled. Since Agent yeah, Carter. That was, that was like three, four years ago, I think. Four years, yeah. Oh, oh my, my back! <laughs> and um, we uh, th- there's so many tidbits here that, that, that we want to talk about. First off, you know, Area 51 is a shield base. Well, that changed my <laughs> perspective on several conspiracy conspiracy theories now. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, let's let's uh, let's let's dissect it uh, piece by piece. Start off with that tidbit about Air Fifty One being a shield base. <laughs> what do you think about that? I I think I love how Coulson just kind of side marks and says, "Oh, you know, all the all of them are." It's like, and then uh, Daisy having her return to the first episode where she believed that Shield was behind everything says, "Well, my conspiracy days were quite correct." Where I was like, "She didn't know. You've been with Shield for how long now, and he didn't even know that." <laughs> yeah, there's so many secrets. Mm. It, it, it's a fun idea. I, I like, I mean, Area 51 is like, I was a little surprised by how little they played into the alien aspect of Area 51. It was more of a, oh, this is where we do a lot of science. Yeah. So that was that was kind of surprising because, you know, you kind of expect them to go all in on, oh, you know, we have aliens. I, I was sad because I was expecting for some kind of reference to uh, the, the alien, the, the Kree that resurrected Coulson, but they kind of yeah. sidetracked that. 
So I was a little sad about that, but still in general, it was a fun idea and got to respect the fact that they did not shy away from historical accuracy, I'll say. Yeah, the thing is, being an Area 51, that's an easy out for the team. Like, if they, yeah. if they, they were discovered by civilians or by anyone, rather, <laughs> they can just say, oh, um, this is just, you know, uh, classified information, classified device, <laughs> maybe. Mm. Yeah. And Well, they did use it very well. Yeah, in, in the end part, right? When they're... And they're abduct, yeah. abducting, cool. abducting that guy. I don't know his name. Like the defense guy, <laughs> Department of Defense guy. Wow. Yeah. And poor Mac. He just he did not enjoy that. We will probe yeah. you. He has no choice. He has no choice but to just yeah. do it, just to cover the tracks. And the, personally, my favorite moment of the episode is Simmons impersonating Margaret Peggy Carter. How about mm. that? And uh, yeah, that was fun. I, that was that was fun. And you know, um, what do you think about what do you think about Simmons' impersonation of Peggy Carter? I, I you know, the thing is, is that they played on the whole joke. There, there's not that many British ladies <laughs> around, so they just kind of went, "Oh, she sounds British. That must mean she is, in fact, Peggy Carter." So it was it was quite a fun idea, and I like that they went all in. Uh, it also worked well to give Susa reason to get involved with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was quite—I I loved her interaction with him, where she where she just turns around and says, "In person, you see him like getting his hair ready before seeing her, all nervous." That that was a lot of fun, uh, and says a lot about their relationship even years later, uh, which I I found great. Uh, and also respect to Simmons. Uh, thinking back, season one, her in that train where she was overly prepared for the role. Yeah, she's come a long way. <laughs> Oh yeah, I remember that. I, I love that episode, that season one, episode thirteen, and uh, he doesn't. She doesn't really know how to do undercover work, but yeah. in this episode, wow, she changed a lot. <laughs> like she knows what what she's doing. It was great to see, and I love that that kind of character development. And I kind of love the. This is probably one of the funniest episodes uh, in a long in a long time. I th- I still think the last season was a little. It was trying to be darker uh, yeah, in a lot of ways, serious. and this just brought a lot of yeah, and this brought a lot of good levity into, but it still had its dark moments, um, and that's why I kind of like the whole trying to figure out who they are. And Colson just he was enjoying himself way too much. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to other characters of the show. How about uh, May and Yo Yo? They're, they're both they're both they're struggling. They're struggling on how to uh, use their abilities here. In this episode, you know, mm-hmm. Yo-Yo can't use, can't, can't run fast. May can't fight like the usual May that we see. What's happening? What do you think is happening with, with them? So May, I, with Yo-Yo, I think it's a, a lot about her psychological. She still thinks she was, she's possessed or she still thinks she's affected by that. And it's, you know, right. she was also worried about the, the new arms. So she, I think there's just a lot piling up for her. And you know this. I think this was the first time she actually tried to do use her ability, but she went like one step and right back because you see like a short zing where she goes back. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested where they're heading with it though. Like I don't, I see it as a, a great personal uh, storyline in this, but I'm unsure 
what it means for the big picture. That that I'm I'm really unsure about. Like if they're gonna bring back, you know, our our evil aliens, uh, the Shrike again, or say that because the Shrikes are out of her system, so it's all psychological. Yeah. Uh, so they're gonna build up to one moment where she has to use her abilities, probably to save Mac. That is my theory right now. Yeah, but but the thing is, you know, I don't know if this is just you know a personal arc throughout the season. Or maybe address it maybe in episode six or five or seven, and then it's all normal there. Uh, it's really exciting. It's pretty. It's pretty interesting development uh, for these characters because you know they're both badasses in the past seasons, yeah. and now they're just struggling to fight, which is really uncommon for these agents. I mean, May having a panic attack is huge for her yeah, as a story because it also breaks the whole emotionless. Thing. So this kind of, for me, confirms that it's an act to some degree, that she's emotionally trying to cut herself off. And then she just literally has a panic attack as everything's happening around her. I'm I'm curious if they're going to go the route of her trying to deny it and then someone being like, okay, here, this is what's happening. You need help uh, or you're never going to get over it. Yeah. But it, it was a really interesting... I, it was a big surprise. I, I did not expect to see May of all people after after over six seasons to mentally break down in such a moment. In the middle of the fight. Like, wow. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I, I'm noticing a trend here for May. She's been in, in, inconsistent in the first three episodes. Like, she's a badass in episode two with that fight with Enoch. And now in episode three, she's not like that anymore. I wonder what's going to happen in episode four and the other ep- and the rest of the episodes. Mm, it's going to it's going to be very very fun and interesting. Yeah. Now let's move on to another one. You know, the one complaint that I have about this episode is uh the chron- the Chronicom's plan. You know, the Chronicom's mm. plan of It's not it's not deep enough for me. I don't know, it's not deep enough for me. They're just trying to blow things up. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Well, uh, if, yeah, if I understood correctly, the whole point was is that a lot of the people that were in that bus were high-ranking or at least extremely important members of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it was less about they're just blowing up 50, Area 51. They're blowing up Area 51 at the time of all these important people being around. And oh. I, I, I think that was the whole point of the story. It, it just wasn't as in your face as the last one and neither like if it i thought at first it was going to be about susa yeah which now seems to be what the next one's going to be about so that's interesting i thought we were only going to get a one episode one and done kind of thing um also i wonder if the next episode is actually going to be black and white that would be pretty funny uh but it's it's it it is oh that that is cool so i'm I'm really (laughs) curious about where they're going with Sousa, because for me, if I think we all have the connection with certain characters and say these are important. I'm a little sad. I kind of expected Arnim Zola to show up at this base because that would have made a lot of sense. But it, it feels like more of a, okay, the, the Chronicoms are like, okay, it didn't work with the original founder of the modern day shield or however they want to say it so let's go for everyone at once while they're visiting also very smart of shield to send all their important people at the same day to the same location without any possibility (laughs) to have a fallback if something happens (laughs) 
And you know what I'm reading here right now is I'm researching while you were talking uh, about the mm-hmm. Helios program. It's, it's an ion fusion reactor. Apparently, it's one of that power source, one of the power source that that powers up the lighthouse. You know, the the shield yeah. base. So if they blow it up, it will not. You know, it will technically it will not be happening. Like, it, it will not power up the future lighthouse. So that then that maybe that may be one of their goals there. I think a lot of things are overlapping as well because you have the like in the first two episodes it was about Malik and the super soldier serum. Now it's about the lighthouse power source, and which pretty much is also why the future exists as it does because otherwise it would have collapsed as well. And uh, the whole shield. So I, I do like that it's not always just one singular goal. It's just it feels like now they're less. They're not. It's not the main focus. It the main focus is they have to stop them, and you can kind of rhyme together what's really happening in a way let's talk about some smaller scenes in the in this episode how about that interrogation scene between you know colson and simmons and the scientists and then clark greg <laughs> saying moist, <laughs> what <is> that? moist? <laughs> Funny. me being a filipino I, I don't i don't i'm not really familiar what, what's up with moist you know being that uh uncomfortable ha- having that sense of uncomfortability to the american it's uh so the the thing is is that I, I know a lot of people who I also tease around with the word moist because it's just such a weird word. Uh, I think it comes back to a lot of like pronunciations because the word moist is is a wet word. So it's it's oh, what it is. It, it's exactly what it is. So for some people, it's really uncomfortable if you slowly say the word moist. So I hope no one jumped off the podcast now that I said it as often as I did. <laughs> but it was, I love the fact that it got sillier and sillier as time went on. And like yeah. how they got each and every one of them in such a different way was absolutely hilarious. And just, I, I love the creativity they had. It, it just was a great episode that gave us some, I think we needed a little bit of that classic Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. comedy again. Because some yes. of their best writing, I think, comes through there. Yeah. And uh, it's perfect that you know, calls an L and D version of Coulson is saying it. <laughs> yeah, that was the extra like mechanical moist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. And um, you know, and those, those there's also an inside joke in the latter part of the episode that you know when Coulson was affected by the EMP, like oh no, to the casual audience, oh no, Coulson died again. No, he's just rebooting. Guys, come on. <laughs> There's Buddy, so many times Colson died in this show. <laughs> like yeah, the, it's it's among uh, Fitz's disappearances. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the trope. along that trail. And speaking of Fitz, let's do a prediction here. When do you think he will show up? What episode? Me, me personally, I think episode seven or six is the latter half. How about you? Mm-hmm. I'll say. Episode six post credit sequence. Mm, all right, we're the same. Okay. <laughs> uh, and <laughs> lastly, you can address that for every different time period, there is a different title card. It's just amazing, right? It's a different title Love card. It. That was a, that, a great that, touch. Yeah. Uh, that, they that save is, money because they don't have to do the animation too. Yeah, all the animation in the earlier seasons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, next week will be. It's it says here on TV Guide that next the next episode is going to be mostly black and white. So hmm. they're gonna engage in a murder mystery noir type type detective 
kind of series, which is really awesome. What are your thoughts yeah. about that, Jim? Are you, are you excited? Uh, I'm really excited. I like that they're twisting up the formula. I like that each episode does kind of have the... It does showcase the tropes of that era. Uh, so I'm really curious. I like that Sousa is here for a longer game. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about the tease about Sousa dying. That was an interesting surprise to put yeah. into your episode uh, pre- preview. That was really interesting. I have a theory. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I could imagine that Sousa does end up surviving, but joins the team. Perhaps interesting. For oh, a, wow, that's an interesting. Because I, I feel like there, it's it's a bit on the nose with the he was supposed to die that night, and then the fight of should they change history? So if they do save his life, the only way they can save history is by removing him. So that would yeah. be my theory that he potentially, at least for a few episodes, joins them because I think he was a great. He plays off of them extremely well. I would love to see the reverse yeah. go away from the joke of oh that's the time period to. Uh, back to it. Oh, this is the future. Uh, what happened? <laughs> and that's an interesting theory because because that will have for sure ramifications in the MCU timeline that is really uh, happening. And yeah. in the in the promo of the episode, he's it's been it's been teased that you know Daniel Souza is the first fallen Shield agent that Hydra took down. This wow, it's, that carries. That away. was interesting. Yeah. Also, I like the fact that, to some degree, they're they're re- they're reiterating the fact that a lot of what's happening in history is influenced by this time travel. So they're they're ripples, not waves. Yeah, and uh, before we end, just want to ask: the trend here for the for Agents of Shield's time travel is they are moving forward. So if Daniel Sousa will you know join them for several missions. Uh, technically, they will have two shield agents like Coulson and Suzo that has a vast knowledge about shield, mm-hmm. and also Daniel Suzo will find out the rest of the events that that happened after his death. That's an interesting point. True. Yeah, I'm very curious though, mm-hmm. because I. Uh, I if they're going to explain if Sousa was involved, uh, knows anything about who Carter's husband is. Because oh. we're now in the time frame where Cap should be back. Well, that's about wrap it up for that segment about the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. If you have any more thoughts about this week's episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you can tweet us at twitter.com slash Exchange, or you can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Exchange. You can comment when the episode is up also, you, we can, um, you can listen to our podcast over at Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Breaker, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Just, just search for MCU Exchange Podcast. And this has been another episode of the MCU Exchange Podcast. My name is Aaron. You can follow me on Twitter. That's Twitter.com slash Aaron Schneider. That's A-E-R-O-N-C-H-I-O-N. You can also follow Charles on Twitter. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at CFS. You can follow Joe on Twitter. At that bell, T H A T A B E R L. And that's it. On that note, keep safe, guys, and thank you for listening. Bye. Till next time.